This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Good evening and welcome to tonight's edition of Beyond Governance. Uh, my name is Nimrod Mbele. As always, I'm pleased to be in your company, particularly on this glorious month wherein we are celebrating women. Uh, talk of celebration, I have uh, two stunning women in our midst tonight, and uh, the, the menu is quite, quite vast. But before we get that, um, I just also want to dedicate once again um, the show to two a multiple of women that are, you know, downtrodden, particularly women that are marginalized. It is well and good for us to elevate women that are already occupying a position of significance, but we should never ever forget um, those that are operating in the periphery. I'm talking about street vendors. I'm talking about domestic workers. I'm talking about women who are in mines. I'm talking about all women who are currently doing everything in their power to fend for their families. To those women as well, it's, it's very important that we pay homage to them and we recognize them as we continue to celebrate um, women that have managed to break the glass ceiling um, and, 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 and doing us very proud. Um, and again, um, just before perhaps maybe get to tonight's conversation, I just want to you know, thank uh, Kathy, uh, Lindy, Wemendi, Sasha Starr, um, you know, uh, for giving us a breath of fresh air and in terms of what they've delivered. They're back tonight or tomorrow on your show, giving you what they are quite used to. Uh, and of course, um, the man of the house, um, it will be criminal for me not to acknowledge them. Uh, Vosi, um, even though you have undone me, Vosi, wherever you are, thank you very much though, uh, DJ Flow. And as always, I'm not flying solo, I've got Tabo here, who is uh, the captain of the ship. Um, Tabo, good evening. If you missed that kind of conversation, please go to our website, www.highfm.com. Go to uh, uh, the Beyond Government slot, retrieve the uh, podcast, and, and, and share it with your friends and colleagues. Um, you know, Tonight, I also implore you to weigh in on our conversation, as I'm, I'm expecting yet another blast of conversation with two brilliant women that are gracing our students tonight. Uh, for those that want to keep in touch with us, our SMS line, of course, is 345. One nine. The WhatsApp line is zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. And of course, my email is nimlot at high dot And I promise to return my emails. I've been a good boy so far. Um, let's let's keep on uh, doing that. Um, earlier on, I mentioned that we we currently in a trajectory of celebratory kind of um, sensation, if you like. Um, and tonight, um, like I, as I've already indicated, we are joined by two ladies. Uh, one is uh, Ayanda Siboni and Simi Bastev. Uh, both of them come from PPS. I'm not gonna, uh, you know, uh, say exactly who they are, what they what they're doing uh, before we before we, we welcome them. Ladies, um, welcome to Beyond Governance. Thank, thank you, Dr. Mbele. How is everyone? Good. We're doing well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, for the listeners who have seen or heard from Ayana Siboni, who is exactly Ayana Siboni? For those who do not know. Um, Ayana Siboni, in a professional sense, I'm the group executive for brand marketing and communications for PPS. PPS is a diversified financial services company. Uh, which does insurance, investments, medical, as well as financial planning. Um, I am a mother. Um, that's another hat that I wear. I am a wife to a Mr. Siboni. <laughs> um, so I'm a very multifaceted uh, person. 
Thank you very much, uh, Ayala Sibone, who is the Brand Marketing and Communication Director at PPS, and uh, followed by Simi Basdev. Welcome, Simi, once again. Thank you very much. So, um, Simi Basdev, I am a pharmacist by profession. I am the Chief Executive for PPS Healthcare Administrators. This is a division of the PPS Group. Um, I've been in healthcare for over 25 years. Thoroughly enjoy it. I don't think there's a day that goes by where I'm not loving my job. Um, yeah, and like Ayan just said, I'm a, I'm also a housewife. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well done, well done, well done, guys. Um, and I think, uh, thank you once again. Welcome to, to to the show, and and let's 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 see how the kind of conversation that's going to erupt tonight will add value in as far as really pushing the boundaries in as far as women's representations are concerned within the workplace. Um, and, and one of talking on the workplace, the very first question that I want us to share or rather get input from you has to do with diversity. Um, there's a perspective or school of thought that's, that, that, that suggests diversity. It is not just a, a, an element of quota, but fundamentally it has to do with um, it has to do with business imperative in that you understand and appreciate the value of, of, you know, diversifying, um, your, your staff complement from a gender point of view. What, what is your experience or what is your take of that school of thought? So I'll, I'll pick that one up. I think, um, diversity is, is one of the few competitive advantages that a firm can have that cannot be rivaled. And the reason why I say that is when you have multiple perspectives, your vantage point is so much better. Mm. So you take someone like myself, um, a girl who grew up in Umlazi, south of Durban. Uh, you mix with Simi, who has a different background. You mix with other people in our executive team. And suddenly when we are facing a challenge or a situation, we look at it from very many perspectives. And I think... Um, a lot of people sometimes miss the value of diversity and 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 almost uh, box it into a very linear myopic kind of view whereas diversity is not about limiting but it's about allowing the 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 group of us you know to be much stronger and to have uh, many many more perspectives that make us make stronger decisions so i found um being part of diverse teams has helped the business to to access things that they wouldn't have accessed before. So um, when you're talking about, uh, in, in our world, we deal with professionals all the time. Um, no one will know what a black female professional thinks and feels and goes through better than I can. So my male colleagues can try and empathize and sympathize, but they have no idea what it is. So when I come into that boardroom, I come in with that voice with that perspective, having spoken to other friends and other colleagues, and and I think the conversation is richer for it. Absolutely. Simi, your take I, I could, came from a woman. I couldn't have said it better. I think Ayana's looking at it from solutions-driven and external. If I think of it from an internal perspective as well, the culture of your organization, um, I di- a diverse culture is critical to an organization. Um, it builds your it builds your staff, it builds your employees, makes them want to work for you. Um, and more importantly, a great culture cannot be copied. 
Absolutely. You, you can copy your solutions or you can, they can try and copy your processes, but they can't copy the culture of your organization. Absolutely. I think one thing that perhaps maybe the listeners out there, those who are, you know, are in, 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 in workplace who are struggling with diversity issues from a, from an economic point of view would certainly benefit from the kinds of input that are coming through. Because this is something I've always struggled with because we know for the fact that, um, as, 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 as um, Ayanda has correctly pointed out, that um, we, we have different perspectives. There are so many blind spots. There's a, there's a position that could be unlocked by a perspective that comes from that particular angle. Um, and and th- therefore, the conversations at the board level, the conversations um, and, and as far as decision-making are broadened and enhanced in that we, we, we are almost tapping in each, other, in each other's um, energies to provide a solution that ordinarily um, can only be seen in a linear fashion, if you like, because you have a, a, a dominant uh, thought process which is inherently male in, in a corporate space. But when you diversify bringing women voices, uh, you are benefiting from that uh, kind of exposure. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think you're exactly what you said in terms of your linear thinking, bringing women from diverse uh, cultures, backgrounds, completely adds to the uh, to the environment in terms of making sure your solutions are better. Uh, you've taken all different aspects into account, and it's amazing what you come out with. Absolutely. But now now that we, we obviously have a sense, and I'm sure the, the kinds of conversations that's coming out, um, a number of us um, can, can relate with, and we just need to obviously snowball this kind of solution so that it is not just a perspective shared by one or two individuals or a group of individuals, but it becomes a initial movement, so to speak, so that we're able to see. But for us to get this kind of conversation at the highest level of decision-making, both in government but as well as in corporate, what is it that we need to do to activate it? From, from where you're sitting, because um, these are very useful insight which needs to be, uh, you know, um, heightened. I think we need more women to be activists without being appointed as activists. So when when you do sit around the table, you have a responsibility as a woman at senior leadership level to bring out that perspective, to pull up other women to mentor younger ladies. At PPS, we're fortunate in that our chairperson or our chairman is a, is a lady. Um, it's a really great development because not only is she a professional, but she is a woman. And I think that in itself is bringing a, a, a whole new angle um, to business. But I, I do think the, the activism um, is, is what is required. You know, you don't have to be told. Um, you just know that if there is a perspective if you do see something that is not going right, you need to speak up and say, look, this is what I think should happen. If you do see young female talent, you need to support them. You need to coach them. Sometimes it's about a conversation with someone offline to say, by the way, just be aware of this. Do this next time. Just, um, just did you see that reaction? It's all of that kind of stuff. Just be a supportive structure for other women in the business. Okay. Shimmy, do you have a different, do you have a view on this matter? No, not at all. Uh, 
thoroughly agree with Ayanda. Um, mentorship is critical, yeah. uh, especially for for young ladies graduating. I think one of the main things they could do to equip themselves for the future is get a mentor, not just in your workplace for the technical stuff, but I think just from life, uh, like a learning coach, but a mentor, absolutely. I'm glad you you, 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 you cited uh, mentorship because that obviously, um, um, you know, piggyback on my next question because structurally, Within organization, we, we, we have to have a proper structure, uh, that enhances, um, in a, a new generation or that, that builds a foundation for new generation of women in leadership position. So from where you're sitting, um, what sort of uh, programs are running around mentorship, skills development that are meant to, you know, to, to create that, um, new cohort of, of, of young ladies or young women in, in leadership position? So in the in the healthcare division, and I'll speak for the bigger PPS. I'll speak specifically for my uh, for my business. We've got multiple programs. So one of it is mentorship. Um, we look at our talent within our business, identify those who uh, we regard as uh, requiring mentors or, or or people who we think we can uh, develop. And it has to be a one-on-one relationship. So the person also needs needs to be willing to be part of this journey uh, with your with your mentor. So that's one of the areas. The next one is our bursary program. So within our within our business, we have a bursary program to help develop our staff. A majority of our staff are graduate professionals, but people still want to study further in terms of their careers, and there are those who also want to study if they do not have a degree. So we help them in from that perspective. And it, the the bursary is not linked to a specific type of uh, job or a specific type of uh, study. Even if it's not related to your job, we are still willing to empower you in, in that area. Um, we have a graduate program. Um, at the moment, we have 12 graduates who are in our business um, come straight from university um, and work for us for a year. Um, it finishes in uh, in Feb next year. What's happened in the past is that we've had really good um, good feedback from our graduate program where we've been able to hire the individuals. So we've had really good success stories from our graduate program. Good to hear, good to hear. Miss mm. Siboni, your take on, on kind of structures that you have that are meant to um, uplift the young women who are coming to your fold? So uh, PPS is a, a community of professionals. We're not just a, a company. We're actually a mutual. So part of our mutuality ethos is about making sure that we grow the professionals holistically. So we have the PPS Foundation, which has um, various uh, programs that it runs. One of the programs is the bursary scheme now for the general public. So whether it is young men or, or, or young women, um, you, they can get bursaries. But one of the other things that we have is we have a mentorship program where professionals can mentor other professionals. So yourself, with the experience that you have, can can volunteer to be a mentor, and then we will match you with a prof- with a younger professional who is interested in the kind of experience that you have. So we we almost run a a, a, a program where we will look at what are the what are the, the the graduates that we have who are looking for guidance, whether they are still at university or they are in their first year of work, and then we match these two. And we've done this quite successfully. I believe it's in our third year now that we've been running this program. So that is how we are actually growing. Um, 
professionals in general, but obviously some of those professionals are female, and um, and and we do have a, a bias towards females because they naturally they come forward and, and they register for these kind of things. But we are that that is how we are contributing to the national agenda of growing women, and we've had great, um, very senior executives come forward and offer of their time because sometimes that is the that is the one place where they can actually give. To, to, to growing this particular country and growing the professionals in their specific disciplines. So whether you are a doctor, an attorney, uh, an architect, you can come forward and you can use our platform, which is uh, Professionals Connect, to, to register and say, I'm willing to mentor. And um, young graduates as well can come forward and say, look, I'm looking for a mentor. I'm looking for someone who is experienced in this field. We match the two, and then we help um Along, we help the two along so that the mentorship uh, program actually works. So we give the mentor some tools, and we also manage the expectations with the mentee. Thank you very much, uh, Ayanda. Uh, if you've just joined us, I'm joined in studio by Ayanda Sabod, who is the brand uh, marketing and communication director at PPS, as well as Simi Basdev, who is a CEO of PPS Healthcare Administrators. We're talking, these are women in leadership positions. We're talking the kinds of experiences and exposure they've had, the kinds of programs they have within their space that are meant to elevate women, uh, in, 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 insofar as creating a, a you know, um, cohort of future leaders. Um, particularly from a women point of view. My next question, um, ladies, um, is naturally when you have these kinds of programs, um, there's often resistance. You know, um, what one would know, um, I'm sure that one of the listeners who happens to be a female uh, who has introduced series of programs who's not getting sufficient support because ultimately this is, should not be seen as a women thing. This has to be an organizational thing. Okay. But in instances where there is not sufficient buy-in from the collective, which which happens in most instances, what would be your advice, or how would you go about um, in onboarding all your stakeholders within the company, such that it is not seen as just a Yana thing or Simi thing; it is seen as a collective, um, you know, thing. So one of the great things about uh, being a professional or um you know, being highly skilled is that it creates a, a level of equalization. So it is an equalizer in it in its own right. So from a from a PPS perspective, I guess um, the issues of buy-in are, are, are less uh, prominent. However, I do find that when you are meeting resistance, even in general, it it helps to to have a with him. So what's in it for for me for the other person to 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 sell the benefits in a language and in a way that they understand. So to to come in aggressively and say, well, you've got to do this because it just has to be done, generally doesn't work well. But if you have a conversation and you actually listen to what are the points of resistance and address those particular things, I find that barriers are pulled down much faster when that happens. A lot of times when there's resistance, it carries on because no one is listening to the other party. So Usually, if there is resistance for whatever reason, just a, a conversation, a mature conversation to say, I, I want to listen and engage with what you have to say, whether I agree with it or not. I want to engage with it. And once I've engaged with it, let me address some of the things that you would want, you know, addressed or some of the things that are giving you discomfort. And, and that generally I found is quite helpful. The operative word being mature conversation. Simi. So <clears throat> from a healthcare perspective, um, it's around leadership. Um, 
my team as the leaders, we've added this to part of our strategic objectives. So it becomes part of us. And so it's important that we buy into it for our, in, to enable our staff to buy into it. So it's critical as leaders that we are, um, we are doing this and, and applying what we've agreed to. So, I mean, obviously there's no, um, um, you know, uh, room for deviation because this is part of organizational strategy, which, which comes from, from a leader. Um, and therefore everybody just have to follow. Basically, absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more because if um, you really want transformation, it has to have endorsement. You need your champions at the highest excellence of the company because if it comes um, a by the way issue, and everybody, it, it's easy for anybody to dismiss it. It's easy for uh, lower levels of the hierarchy, you know, not to see it as a core business, but to see it as Simi's project. But when it is part of the um, in organizational strategy, which translates to performance uh, framework, whatever that you has have, I think it, it has it has more teeth uh, in that uh, individuals are not only measured on 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 other areas, but also measured in that particular program, be it uh, gender uh, uh, mainstreaming, if you like. Um, your experience, um, you know, Ayanda, um, in 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 how you you mainstream gender programming. Um, you know, from a performance management point of view, because we understand that if it's, if you're going to leave it up to individuals to decide whether they want to be part or not, the chances are those resistance, the resistance that you, you alluded to is likely to manifest. But if it's part of your organizational performance management metrics, for an example, there are no chances. And I think that's the only way in which you could perhaps maybe, um, accelerate, if you like, accelerate um, you know more and more uh, kinds of programs that uplift women because it, it is no longer up to me whether I want it or not. It hits me on my pocket. If I don't subscribe, you know, you know, I don't, I don't benefit. That kind of an arrangement. Yeah. So I, I feel like you were um, in our strategy meeting because the female agenda is right at the top of. Um, of, of PPS and uh, I, I'm going to give you a bit of a tease watch out for uh, we're launching a campaign at the end of this week <laughs> which is very female centric and we're hoping to really challenge some of the gender stereotypes that, that are, are put out there um, so from, a, from the organization perspective we are actually measuring how effective we are um, with the women inside our organizations as well as empowering women in, in business um, in general. In fact, if I can quote a, st- a statistic, um, at the moment, out of the output at universities, 60% of graduates are female. But once you start going into um, the labor department stats, only 44% of people holding skilled posts are female. And as you go up and you get to C-suite, that number drops drastically. So it is something we are aware of. Um, it is something that we are we are challenging, and we are challenging corporate in general to say, if we are all writing the same board exam, you know, to qualify whether it's chartered accountants or attorneys, if we are completing the same degrees, then why does that not reflect as the years go on in our careers? We're showing similar levels of dedication. And I think it's some of the structural things, it's some of the environmental things that um, are unspoken. And, and sometimes when you bring something to the fore, you make people aware of their either their biases or some of the things that they are, the hurdles 
that they are putting that they are sometimes not aware of. So we are really taking this conversation to the public and we're going to do it in a very dramatic fashion. You'll have to wait till the end of the week to see it. But, um, yeah, so I think it, it, it is definitely part of what uh, PPS is is reflecting about. I'm breathless with, with anticipation. <laughs> On that note, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Welcome back. It is almost 20 minutes to 7 o'clock. It's amazing how time flies when you're having fun. Talk of fun. I'm joined in studio by Ayanda Saboni, who is the brand marketing and communication director at PPS, as well as Simi Bastev, who's the CEO of PPS Healthcare Administrators. Before we went to the break, the, 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 the issue at hand was statistical representation of women in different um, organizations. Ayanda here was, um, you know, she alluded to um, how, you know, grossly underrepresented women are, um, you know, when you look at, you know, the Department of Labor stats. We all know that, that women are grossly underrepresented. But I then, then said, look, beyond the conversation around women representation, which um, I fully agree that we need to have gender uh, equity, you know, mainstreaming of gender at workplace is absolutely important, and there's no doubt about that. And I, 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 I'm yet to see any person who can object to that noble cause. But, but beyond the representation, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, you know, I'm stunned by the the current unemployment stats. And the country needs to think differently and think deeper about what are more long-term, sustainable solution that we can, you know, bring to bear. Um, my, my point of departure is is when you look at the the output from universities, um, a number of youth that leave the university year in year out with. Um, you know, fancy piece of paper. I would call them fancy because ultimately, it's questionable. You know, about the validity of those 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 degrees. And and I think the deeper conversation that we all need as a, as, as a, to, to have as South Africans, particularly uh, elevating women, is to look at how self reliant, um, you know, the new generation can be without asking for a job. You know, we need to get to a space where all the graduates are able to. You know, create their own, you know, job opportunities so that we can address unemployment. Of course, bear in mind of, of the role of women and the current, you know, leadership core that we have around this table and in, in, and in other platforms on how best we can actually activate that kind of movement because it's more long term and it's more sustainable as opposed to, um, the current push because the truth of the matter is the current labor market, whether you look at corporate government, there are only so many opportunities available, which means we need we we need to think of of a different strategies, um, which 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 are more long term. I may not have all the solutions, but the conversation starts now, bearing in mind of what we see out there in terms of the number of graduates that leave institutions with beautiful degrees, but unemployed. Yes, um, at PPS we do believe that those papers are worth a whole lot more. Um, qualifications, I think, uh, are a reflection of the the skill set that you've been trained in. And uh, university degrees, particularly from South Africa, um, have performed. People with South African degrees have performed exceptionally well. If you look at uh, the, the the Elon Musk, for example, who is, you know, making huge waves in America. If you say Elon Musk in America, everyone knows exactly who he is. It's a Pretoria boy. 
He's trained in a South African institution and has had global impact. He's not the only one. There are many other South Africans who have made global impact um, throughout the world. But I think getting back to your question, um, what, what you're speaking about is at the core of the National Development Plan. You know, if you look at National Development Plan, it's about this bubble that we have. We, we are in danger as a country around the issue of youth unemployment. Graduates may have a lower level of unemployment, but there is still a level of unemployment that is unacceptable even at that level. And I think this is a, it's almost a call to arms for, for professionals to say, we need to grow the cake. We can't keep fighting over a small slice and fighting over crumbs. We need to grow this economy. Now, the government has a role to play, but a bigger role is played by the professionals. It is those professionals starting businesses, you know, and and I think that must not be underestimated. This is where the growth is going to be. So it is up to us to not look to the next person. It is up to us to say, what can I do? About the situation What can I do with my excess investment Do I take it and I put it in some Fund managed by so and so Or do I start a small business That can actually create jobs That is that is within our control Okay The other thing is um, role modeling Is very important So if you know People that have done it before And you are visible to them It, it inspires Others to try it And I think um, You know If you look at, at Various communities Other communities Do it better Than than others But if there are No role models Then it's very difficult For people to see That it can be done Because they've never Seen it happen Before their very eyes So if I look at myself um, I look at someone Like um, Judy Lamini She used to be My GP As, as a little girl she now is uh, the the chancellor, I believe, has been nominated as chancellor at Wits University. To me, it says, wow, someone that walked with me, someone that breathed the same air, you know, is is able to be such a great woman and achieve so many things in her lifetime. So it makes it possible for me. When my daughter looks at, um, there's, a, there's a, a, a property business called Jade Capital Partners, um, it's a it's, it's a lady that I was in school with Zola. When I when my daughter looks at Zola, she says, "Wow, you know, someone can actually start a business, whether it's Zola or Ipileng Mkari, whoever it may be. It is possible because I have a role model that I can look to, and I think we must not underestimate the value of that role modeling, and that is part of the inspiration. And again, that uh, professionals connect and the mentorship can make all the difference. Because if I have grown up in an environment where I've never seen it done. And someone comes, Mr. Hersovitz says, listen, I am prepared to mentor you. He's going to give me a perspective that, you know, I've, I've never had before. And I think that's the kind of thing that we, we are saying, professionals, you can make the difference in this country. You can grow this economy. And it's not, sometimes it's not the complicated things. It's the little things. It okay. is things like mentorship. It is things like seeing someone who has qualified. So if I am from Umlaz, I must go back to Umlaz. Go back to my old school and speak to those young ladies and say, hey, I used to walk these passages too. And now I'm in this place, but this is how I got there. Because half of it is about having a vision and having a dream. And it is about us creating that vision as professionals and saying we are committing individually and collectively to beating unemployment. Unemployment doesn't have to be as high as it is in this country. 
It is the decisions that we make on a daily basis that is impacting the unemployment rate. And I believe that is something that we can control. Another thing is, um, I think women do more than their fair share in terms of building uh, micro-enterprises. So if you look at the stats throughout Africa, actually, most of the micro-enterprises are run by women. But they also are overrepresented when it comes to, um, to poverty. So it is about supporting those women-owned businesses whether you're supporting through buying or you're supporting through seeing a lady who is a vendor, um, who is selling things and saying, well, listen, I've got a business background. Let me help you to structure your business better. By the way, instead of uh, saying every time someone buys five maguinas from you, they get the sixth one free. Don't do that. You know, that is not actually, that is killing your own margins. You're thinking you're making the customer happy, but you're making 10 cents for, from each of these things. Don't, don't. Do things that don't add value to your business. So it's little things like that that we can do um, as, as professionals and as business people. But but I just want to make piggyback on on the the, the the professional nature or the extent to which professionals can push the envelope in as far as growing the cake. Um, your experience, Simi, um, and 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 I'm I'm quite optimistic that this is something that is winnable, provided there, there's sufficient um, you know push across the board. Um, that, you know, women can actually, you know, lead in, in this particular space. Your particular experience, maybe drawing from your role in current, in, in, in PPS in terms of representation and most importantly, how we can take this outside organization because there's only so much that we can do. Because I'm, I'm pro, I'm pro, I'm propagating for, for a national movement. You know, which transcends organizational boundaries because there's only so much that we can do. But when we, we all collectively have a particular, uh, or we are conscious about our role, um, you know, and in relation to where we come from and, and, and how we want to uplift other people, we can actually do that. Uh, yes, Nimrod. So, um, two points. So, in terms of what Ayanda touched on being a role model, uh, in my organization being a female chief executive, I think that's been inspiring to our very young employees. And it really has been, uh, I think this last few months, has been an awesome experience in terms of the number of women who actually want me to mentor them um, because of the excitement of actually having a female chief executive. So from a leader, from a professional woman, I think it's critical that, uh, that we, take we need to take responsibility for ensuring that that uh, the youth um, have the role models that they can aspire to. So that's in the work environment. I think also in, in my personal life, my family, uh, the community I, uh, I grew up in, knowing that um, this person has achieved this um, through hard work, dedication, absolute determination, um, I think that also creates a role model and making sure that, that people see that um, and want to aspire to that. So that's um, the one thing. The second one is around creating jobs. And I mentioned earlier our graduate program. The sole purpose for the graduate program is creating jobs. So these are graduates that are completing university. They can't get a job because they don't have work experience. The, the absolute challenge, I can't get a job, no work experience. And we are taking them in to give them that work experience. Hopefully we are able to employ them, but if not so, that they are able to go out into the market knowing that they already have some work experience. And a noble cause, but, but it's still based on the conversation that we're doing now, um, in, my, in, in my mind, because we, we're still training even our bursaries, 
you know, are, are still oriented towards job seeking graduates. Um, and and, I, and I, I'm not being, being controversial here because I always want to push the bigger picture. The bigger picture as in, uh, the same graduate because it requires a, a completely different thinking around the, 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 the value add that you can derive out of sponsoring, um, youth in particular. You know um, let us not promote, um, job seeking behavioral patterns because that on its own, it's not in the long term. You know, that's, that's, that's my biggest gripe with everybody that I have a conversation with because, um, if, if your bursaries, for an example, where, you know, if you give two or three youths that have graduated bursaries to start their own businesses, um, each of these guys are likely to employ two people. And the kind of mentorship that you're talking about, you're talking mentorship in the context of already someone who's studying his or her own business, um, if you like. So this is how we can literally chip um, and or crack the unemployment status as, as it states. Because in that way, you can imagine if all these bursaries, you know, because I can I can bet you now the statistics are shocking in terms of the returns on investments. You know, so many stats, so many bachelors have gone out. Uh, people have got their degrees, and and they're still lying idle because they're looking for a job. And I think that's a a a, a you know a trajectory that needs to be questioned very deeply because it's not sustainable. So, if after this conversation. Hundred, two hundred, a thousand people sign up to the Professionals Connect platform. That will start making the difference because everything is about the role modeling. You know, the things that are stumbling blocks to young people getting opportunities or starting their businesses. To me and you seem like they're not stumbling blocks because we have got the experience. We've got the know-how. We know which door to knock at. And sometimes it's about giving those young people that information. If you don't know where to start, you don't know where to start. So professionals who are more experienced can do a lot with just guiding younger professionals. And the platform that we've created is with that vision in mind. We are completely aligned with the view that this needs to be a national movement. It is a national movement that needs to support youth, um, whether they be male or female. But we need to make sure that as professionals, we grow each other. You know, it, whether you're doing it for your own succession planning, whether you're doing it as a philanthropic um, activity, I think everybody can make a difference. Talking on the difference, uh, Ayanda, you've written a very interesting article, which I want you to share um, with, with the listeners, because um, for those that have not seen it, maybe they can go out and, 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 and look at it, because if one looks at the kind of texture in the article that you've written, uh, that that for me fits into the conversation around creating the movement, because you are able to to identify pockets of opportunities or pockets of excellence um, through different platforms that you you engage in and 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 promoting youth. Tell us more about that article. So it it was a it was a blog um, that I had written that um, you know the rest of the team said no 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 you've got to publish this you've got to share it with with other people and uh, I've got it as hey uh, you missed twenty something give your career a boost and what I was thinking about when I was writing this was some of the things that you know in 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 looking back with. I'm now a, a mature lady, <laughs> but looking back in, in my career, if someone had told me some of these things, I think it would have boosted my career. So um, 
there's quite a lot of things that I that I deal with, but one of the key messages in it is when you are given a place at the table, you need to use your voice. So whether you are standing in for your boss who has said, listen, I'm going to be on leave. Please, can you sit in in the meeting for me? When you're sitting in that table, you must exercise your voice. The people around that table have you there because they respect the fact that your boss has trusted you enough to say, come and sit and represent me. What I found is um, when I've observed my male colleagues and female colleagues, the female colleagues have tended in the past to sort of wait to be asked for their views and then they'll express their views. Whereas the male colleagues or the young guys, oh, the confidence of young men, oh, goodness, bless them. But, um, you know, they, they, they will speak and be, you know, with such, with, with such great confidence. And I think that's the difference is that, you know, women feel like they need to... Given, given permission to, to add their views. Yes. You know, and, and, and it's funny because when you are younger, you don't think that. And I think it's the way that we get conditioned. Um, I was sharing with you offline how when I, I went to an all-girls school and when we were younger, we were at school, we would get these assemblies and they would talk to us and say, um, you can be anything. And at the age of 12, I was so confused why they were telling me this because I knew I could be anything. You know, at that time, I didn't know that there are things like glass ceilings I, I because I, I was still untainted. And and as I went through the, the working world, you start realizing that, oh, okay, so this is what they were talking about because there's all these other messages that come and say to you, no, you can't do that. Who who are you? But how can you go and talk to that person? How can you be so brave and so on and so forth? And I think it's 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 about just understanding that your voice matters and your perspective in itself is valuable. And I think if young women were to know that, and were to own uh, that power that when they are given those opportunities, I think it would make all the difference. Talking about difference, Simi, um, your partner short. If you were to advise a group of young girls, young ladies who have just graduated, come into the working space, what would you, your 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 guidance be to those? I think most important is take ownership. Don't wait for someone else to do anything for you, giving you career advice, etc. Take ownership for your own career and for your own development. Um, that's one. And the second is be assertive. Being assertive is not <coughs> being rude. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, but, but you need to be taught how to be yes. assertive. And that's where role modeling comes from. Well, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more because, um, I mean, I think you, you, you and I are probably speaking the same language in that finding your voice, um, it's something that is, that's something that is necessary, but you, you've been conditioned in a particular way that if you are, you know, if you are too loud, you, you know, there's a perception around you that you are maybe too forward. Uh, and, and that's besides the point because male, I never question that because you know it's perceived to be well. He's the man. He he knows his story. Therefore, it's quite it's quite correct. Um, but but we obviously need to have more and more voices. We need to empower more and more young women in a structured fashion uh, because I always believe in structure. You know, where there's structure, there, there's there's consistency, and the messaging um, is pretty much um, aligned. You know, and you also get feedback from uh, from 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 your uh, mentee, so to speak on how they receive the kind of advice that you're getting. And also them also saying, look, is this working or not working? Because um, there's no, you know, uh, uh, one, 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 one size fits all. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I've learned over the years to to help my male um, counterparts live with their discomfort. If I am perhaps too forward, I guess you will need to just learn to live with that discomfort, because if I have something to say, I believe it should be said, um, and and I think that's the that's the difference. And in fact, you earn more respect by having a position and and stating your position, whether you are male or you are female, it doesn't matter. And and I and and I've, I must be honest though that I found that some of the most supportive people to female careers are males. You know, uh, it's it's not like we are out there and we are being downtrodden by these males. Uh, males can be great supporters, and I think this 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 divide is something that has been built up by society over time. But I, I believe that slowly, we are breaking down these barriers. Talking of barriers, and as a, as a partnership for both of to, to both of you, what keeps you up at night as a woman who is in leadership position? What keeps you up at night? Many things keep me up at night, but I think uh, for me, the the from a from a female perspective, I think it is about trying to break down some of these barriers. And what can I do? And what can other women? You know, in my position, do because there's a lot of expectations from young people, and they'll they'll be like, "What what are you doing for us?" And it's about trying to find solutions um, to to solve some of these these challenges in society. Um, that does keep me uh, pretty much awake at night, but I also um, am filled with hope because I have seen improvements in my lifetime and in my working career in terms of the lot of women in the workplace. In the lifetime, she <laughs> says, Simi. So, just a success story. My business is sev- more than seventy percent women. That's um, very good. Absolutely, and um, we continue to grow. So, for me, what keeps me up at at night is how am I developing role modeling, uh, living the example, making sure uh, my employees are uh, are empowered. Absolutely. Unfortunately, ladies, that's all we have for today. It's amazing how time flies. We had absolute wonderful, wonderful time. Um, for those who have just joined us, I had Ayanda Sibona, who is the Brand and Marketing Communication Director at PPS, as well as Simi Bastev, I pronounce it correctly, um, who's, she's the CEO of PPS um, Healthcare Administration. Ladies, once again, it has been absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you very much. On that note, uh, until we meet again, I wouldn't. I mean, I, they've said it better, and hopefully, we are all um, we've all learned, and we've been able to push the boundaries of, of gender mainstreaming in a workplace. And uh, as Ayanna has said, uh, you know, uh, at some point, men just have to leave with that slight discomfort. You know, when when she pushes the you know uh, the envelope, uh, we all learn. Let's all, all take it on the chin. Until we meet again, it has been a plus. Good evening.